Question for you: How often are you triggered? And are those triggers causing you or leading you to do the things that you want to do that align with your long-term goals, or are they routines that are actually moving you further away from those goals? Well, today I'm going to be talking about all the different kinds of triggers that we have, and how you can. Put in place new ones and change your environment to create the conditions and those self-care habits. I'm always talking about that make lasting weight loss easy and inevitable. So let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for ten years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So, if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number one hundred and thirty-three. Well, hey there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So this past week, I have been dog sitting my sister's new puppy. Her name is Kona, and she is a very good puppy. She's very cute too. She is a Cavapoo, which is obviously a poodle mix, and I believe the other breed is a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. So very cute little puppy. She's about five months old, and. For the most part, she just really wanted to be near me, either me or Matt. So she would sit at my feet if I was sitting at a desk, and there wasn't room on the chair, or she would actually climb up and sit next to me. So it was very, very cute. Of course, I did try to record a couple of podcast episodes, and I discovered that it really wasn't possible <laughs> because. Any time something did happen that triggered Kona, she would start barking. <laughs> And after a couple of tries, I just decided not worth it—the frustration of starting to record and then be in the middle of a thought or a sentence and have this rup, rup, rup in the background. So, anyways, I thought I would share some of the things that I learned for those of you who maybe don't have a puppy. I definitely found out that training a puppy takes a lot of time and patience, and they are because they are puppies. They are bound to make mistakes. So,、uh, Kona managed to pee on my entryway floor, which fortunately is tiled, and she also pooped in the kitchen. <laughs> and then she got really excited one night and peed on my sofa. Which didn't make me very happy, but I did find a great spray to eliminate odors. <laughs> Anyways, 
Let's see what else. She had a ton of energy after she had been cooped up in a crate for a few hours. Whether it was first thing in the morning because she'd been in it for eight hours sleeping or if for some reason I needed to crate her uh, during the day. And the other thing I actually learned was that it's really important to have a bowl of water in a designated spot so she always knows where she can go to get water. Did not know that beforehand. So for Kona, I also learned that other dogs, not people, but other dogs, are really big trigger for her. And I noticed when she was playing with another puppy, at one point, her tail went from wagging to like tucked under her. So I stopped the interaction because it just seemed like she, um, she was getting really anxious. And suffice it to say that I couldn't rely on Kona's ears because they're just floppy. <laughs> Anyways, what else did I learn? Obviously, dogs are motivated by food. Puppies are motivated by food, but uh, they also respond super well to praise and affection. And I noticed that not doing it every single time was actually rather important, that it was about just setting the expectation that this is what you're supposed to do. And then I definitely found out when you have a super cute puppy, it is really easy to meet new people. Whether, you, whether they have a dog or not, people will stop because it's a cute puppy. <laughs> and I definitely have a better understanding now of why people have pets to begin with. So what did I learn about myself in dog sitting for a week? Well, I definitely liked the challenge. Dog sitting also really changed my routine. And it changed my routine because I really wanted to make sure that I minimized any accidents. So it was really about paying a lot of attention to her and taking her out like every two hours because it was an unfamiliar surrounding. So I definitely moved a lot more too. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because, well, because I wanted to share with you what I learned about training a puppy. And really at the end of the day, it is all about the expectations and habits. So one of the things that this puppy got trained in, and she was sent to a puppy training school for this, it was to stop at the threshold of a door. So whether you're going in, into a new home, a new space, or going out, she is supposed to sit and wait for a command, like okay, to actually go out the door. And the reason this is important is because when you open a door, you don't want your dog to go running out the door and then having to chase it. So these habits and expectations for a dog are really about pattern recognition, right? Door opens, I recognize what it is that I'm supposed to do when this happens. And a lot of times it's about, for our habits as humans, we basically have solved the problem before. And when I say solved, I mean there was the 
reward that we wanted at the end. So by following a particular routine, I either got to avoid pain or I got to experience pleasure. Now, when we talk about habits then, I want to really actually spend some time today talking about triggers. And when you look at triggers, they really fall into five categories, if you will. So there are the ones from within, which you've heard me talk about interoception. So it could be a trigger like I am hungry or I'm thirsty or I'm bored or I'm stressed. And then they can also come from your environment. So the key, if you're trying to change a habit, whether it's one that you want to create or one that you want to break, the key is to become aware of what that trigger is. So again, we've got that inner or emotional state. You've got location. You've got time, like time of day other people, and then any preceding event that took place. So an easy way to help you with the awareness is anytime you have an urge to do something, you found yourself actually doing something that you're trying to change. So let's take an example of looking at your phone. Maybe you find yourself scrolling on social media mindlessly or checking your email all the time and it's something that you want to tamp down on. So instead of all the time, maybe you want to look at your phone once an hour or maybe you only want to look at social media at designated times during the day instead of scrolling mindlessly. So here are five questions you can ask yourself when you actually find yourself doing something that you didn't want to be doing, where you were on autopilot. First question is, where are you? So let's take that phone as an example. Are you sitting at a table in a restaurant? Second question, what time is it? Well, maybe it's 6.36 p.m. and you're at this restaurant for dinner. Number three, what's your emotional state? Maybe you're bored. Number four, who else is around? So you see all these other people at the restaurant and you're sitting by yourself. Number five, what action preceded the urge? Maybe the person that you were having dinner with went to the restroom and so you're bored and you pick up your phone. I know I've done it. So I don't look at my phone that often, but I do know folks that are on their phones constantly. So this is something where if it's a habit that you're trying to change, those are five questions you can you can sort of jot down and ask yourself, get, get used to asking yourself to raise your awareness level. And for the record, these are not questions I came up with. These are actually from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear.
So some other things you can try to raise your awareness level include things like meditation. So meditation is really good because you get training on how to become more an observer of your thoughts rather rather than just reacting to them. So when you're able to observe your thoughts, then you are more able to make intentional choices, to make decisions on what you want to do. So instead of react, I like to think of it as more of a a response. How do you want to respond to it? Okay. So another way you can try to help you become more aware of triggers is something called the mind-body scan. So it's truly just sitting quietly for about five minutes. You can do it actually in as little as one minute is just to sit quietly and scan from the top of your head all the way down to your toes or you can start at the bottom and work your way up and just notice how you're feeling inside your body. So this is all about getting more in touch with that inner state. And then you can even try some deep breathing exercises. That's also a way to really become much more present as opposed to in that distracted state where we're basically on autopilot. We're relying completely on our habits as opposed to making deliberate, intentional choices. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I spend a lot of time talking about our thoughts and and our interpretations, basically that inner state that we have in order to empower us to change our behaviors. But, and it's been a while since I talked about this, I don't want you to ignore your environment and how that influences your behavior as well. And there are some things that we can change in our environment to make it a lot easier to do the things that we want to do. So just like having a puppy really required me to change my routine, I would say, at least right now, given that I don't have a puppy and I'm thinking about it, right? Matt and I are thinking about maybe getting a puppy. But, and this was definitely an opportunity for me to find out what that entailed and whether or not I actually want to change my routine for that. (laughs) But when we talk about environment, it's not just about whether or not you have a puppy, right? I want to share with you sort of the layers of our environment that we can change to set ourselves up to make new habits or changing habits or breaking habits even that much easier. So you've got what happens within your body. Now let's talk about what happens outside of your body. So outside of your body can literally be the clothes that you're wearing. Or if you were 
holding a cookie, for example, right? That's outside your body. Then you're talking about what's within your reach. So do you have a bowl of kettle corn within your reach or chips or a glass of wine? And then what do you have in your room? So when it comes to food, this the easiest examples are what's in your fridge and what's in your pantry. And then when you talk about place, it could be the home that you live in. So if you want to get better sleep, you can look at what changes you can make to your bedroom, that the bed that you're sleeping on, the pillow that you're using, the temperature that you set inside your home, right? And then you can look at the next layer, which is your neighborhood and then your community. So we keep going further and further away from your specific body. After community comes the state and the world. So the easiest ones to change are obviously those that are within your sphere of control. So if you wanna create a new routine, there are five criteria that you want to keep in mind. And the more of these you can check off with whatever this new trigger is, the better. First one is visibility. Second is proximity. Third is convenience. Fourth is memory. And fifth is support. If you want to change a routine, as in break a habit, what you would want to do is instead of making it easier, you would want to make whatever that routine is harder to execute. So making it less convenient, creating obstacles and barriers that keep you from being able to do it. So the other thing you can do is make it less desirable. So if you're into, let's say, Cheetos, some sort of junk food, and you really are trying to get yourself to stop eating Cheetos. How can we make it unsexy? How can we make it less desirable? Well, how about looking at the ingredient list? Flour, water, sugar, preservatives, food coloring. That's one way to get your brain engaged to say, oh, do I really wanna be putting that into my body? So just shifting your attention, all right? And then, of course, I can't <laughs> talk about change without talking about some thoughts that we might have. So if you're trying to create a new habit and you're trying to go from zero to 60 all at once, it can be really difficult. So for those of you who have been listening to this podcast, you've heard me say it before. We want to make things as doable as possible. We want to create changes in small baby steps. And the reason we want to do that is because we are developing a skill. And when you break it down into its smallest components that you believe you can execute, you create mastery. You know that you can do X, Y, and Z. And when you believe you can do it, that's called self-efficacy. So, it's like watching a child learn how to walk. 
at some point, once they've mastered it, mastered it, then they believe they can go from point A to point B. And the more you do it, the less you have to think about it. So if, for example, you want to move more, let's talk about the different changes you can make to your environment to make that more likely to happen. You could put your running shoes and socks by the door. You could have workout clothes all picked out and ready to go in your gym bag that you put in the trunk of your car so that you can either go work out before you go to work or right after work without having to come home. You could make sure that you've prepared pre-workout snacks or know what you're going to have for the meal beforehand. You can have your post-workout meal or snack all ready to go. You can make sure that you put your workout, the time that you're actually going to be moving your body, on your calendar. So if you're going to go out for a walk, put it on your calendar and set up reminders to make sure that you do it. Or at least you're choosing not to do it. And then one of the easiest ways to make sure that you work out, and I know this from my days of owning Pacific Heights Health Club, is to work out with someone. Whether that's to hire a personal trainer or to actually have like a workout buddy. Someone that you're going to meet up with to go for a walk or a class that you want to attend, which again has a designated time, place. There's a specificity here that we're going for. And the individuals that are going to be like the instructor who's going to be leading the class as well as the people in that class that will miss you if you're not there. And then, of course, music. How do you create an energizing playlist? Because for me, I know that there are certain songs that will make me want to move. So if you want to, let's say, eat less junk food, I would propose that you actually do more of a crowd out strategy where you instead instead of avoiding something, focus on something else. So how about focus on eating more fruits and vegetables? That means stocking them in your fridge. That means making sure you have maybe dried fruit in your pantry. It could be thinking about and planning for what fruits and vegetables you're going to have with each meal. Or if you do menus for the week ahead, make sure you're thinking about what fruits and vegetables are going to be included with each meal. And then, of course, that drives your grocery list. So when you go grocery shopping, what are you going to bring with you? So ultimately, when we talk about creating a happy and healthy life, I'm always saying instead of chasing the outcome, instead of focusing on the outcome, I want you to focus on creating the conditions what you have control over. And we have control over what we do, our behaviors. We can design our environment. You can choose, for example, to declutter your home or to do like a pantry makeover to make our environment or your environment much more conducive and much more aligned with your long-term goals. So 
In other words, we want the path that we're going to take to get us to where we want to go to be the path of least resistance. Make it as easy as possible so that over time, you don't need to be nearly as intentional or deliberate or using your willpower and all that mental energy to make decisions that align with your goals, right? We want to make it more likely for us to do the thing that we want to do as opposed to making it harder. So if you want to move more, but you don't have the appropriate footwear for it, you've set yourself up for obstacles. That may become your reason for not doing it. But you can go, you can choose to go and buy a good set of shoes. Right? Okay. So, one last thing. I want you to remember when you're trying to create a new habit, just like that puppy, just like Kona, you will make mistakes. So, I want you to make sure that you pay attention to when things work. Note those things, as well as when they didn't. And when they don't, make sure that you think about, well, what can I do differently to make sure that the next time it will actually happen, or at least it will be more likely to happen. That's your plan B. Okay, so I want to wrap things up today with a quote by Dale Carnegie. Develop success from failures. Discouragement and failure are two of the surest stepping stones to success. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.